RV Living with Kathy Pfefferhahn. Finances and in conjunction with my company, Capital Coaching, helps people achieve their financial goals through personal, tailored, and attentive coaching financial services. Together, we will create a successful financial plan by examining your spending and saving habits, then guiding and educating you to your own personal success. Coaching services include evaluation of your spending plan, building your savings, financing your retirement, examining your insurance needs, and planning for your individual goals. Please contact me at capitalcoaching.net to make an appointment for a free consultation. Last summer, RVs became more of a staple due to COVID. The idea that we could go out and about and travel while quarantining made any type of mobile home exceptionally appealing. I called this RV living But in truth, I'll talk about travel trailers, campers, and Class A's, B's, and C's. So what's the difference? To start with, buying in almost any one of these is not camping. It's hard to call it camping when you have a TV, a microwave, and an air conditioner. But it's easy to see why many people still think of it that way. You have to hook up all your water and waste tanks. And each time you need to do any of those, many people would consider that level of work camping. The Recreational Vehicle Industry Association shares that new RV buyers are 64% white, 38% millennials, and that's born between 1981 and 1996, 67% married, and the median age is 41, with an income of approximately $90,070. The average amount spent on an RV is $75,000. 31% are first-time owners, and most of the time they spend approximately 20 days a year in their RV. The smallest of the RVs is a towable, and it can be towed by a car or a truck. They are called fold-downs or pop-ups, and they sleep about six people, about 8 to 14 feet long, and will cost you about $6,000 to $20,000. They're small enough to manage towing fairly easily, but are not built for luxury. They may have beds and sinks and a stove, but they are definitely a step above a tent, but it really is just a step up. Expandables are a hybrid between pop-ups and travel trailers. They sleep about 5 to 10 people and are between 19 and 30 feet long, and they can cost you about ten dollars to $30,000. Travel trailers have many floor plans and offer bunks, Murphy beds, and outside kitchens. These two can be towed by an SUV, and they'll sleep 2 to 10 people. Many are 15 to 40 feet long and cost between $8,000 and $60,000. Fifth wheels are larger, and although still fairly simple to tow, they do require a heavy-duty pickup truck. They come with full-sized refrigerators, microwaves, stovetops and ovens, and even islands and pantries. They have washers and dryers with many different layouts that will remind you of a house. They can sleep between four to nine people, are 21 to 44 feet long, and are approximately $20,000 to over $100,000. Toy haulers come out to accommodate the big toys that outdoor enthusiasts like. With rear garages to carry ATVs, motorcycles, or other large gear, along with all the comforts of a fifth wheel. They sleep about two to eight people. They're 20 to 40 feet long and cost about $10,000 to, again, over $100,000 to purchase. Motorhomes are drivable RVs, meaning that you're inside the RV while driving versus having it tow behind a vehicle. The smallest are the Class B because they're built on a van chassis, and this means that smallest of the drivables. The great thing about them is that you can park in any spot and even stealth camp, meaning that you can be out in places generally that don't want campers because depending on the look of your van, it doesn't scream of being an RV. Class C's are the next size up. I always compare it to a small moving van. It has what's called a cab over, meaning a sleeping space over the driver's area. 
It also has a lot of space for sleeping with a double bed over the cab, a queen or a king in the back, and a sofa and kitchen dinette also turn into beds. Many have slide-outs to really increase the square footage as well. RVs get about 10 to 12 miles a gallon, so you're going to have to be prepared to pay at the pump when you start looking at these drivables. The final drivable is a Class A, and I liken it to a bus. They come in diesel or gas engines and have kitchens similar to your home. They can tow a vehicle behind or even a small boat or motorcycle. Diesels have the engine located in the rear and generally have washers and dryers and have additional half baths if they're long enough. These are popular with those who choose to live in an RV full time. When considering purchasing an RV, you'll need to keep in mind the following costs. The purchase price, tow vehicles, maintenance, repairs, lifestyle costs, travel expenses, hidden costs, and really the cost of reselling. The cost of purchasing will depend on which model you like or need based on your travel plans and the number of people you'll be taking. But $15,000 to $150,000 is pretty common for a mid-range vehicle. One terrific feature of an RV is that it qualifies as a home, meaning that the interest can be deducted from your federal taxes if you itemize. You don't get the same interest rates as a home loan, but you can get the loan financed over 15 years. And depending on the state you live in, you may or may not need to pay sales tax on the vehicle. Those states would include New Hampshire, Montana, Alaska, Delaware, or Oregon. You'll need to buy insurance for your RV. It's a form of auto insurance, not homeowner's insurance. But like any insurance, shop around. Each policy will differ depending on the different systems you have and what you need to cover. The cost will vary depending on your driving record. And as long as you don't place your motorhome permanently on a site, you won't have any property tax to worry about. Some states do tax your personal property like boats and RVs, so you may owe a state tax on them. If you purchase a towable and get one larger than the max that your current vehicle can tow, you'll need to budget for a heavy-duty vehicle. Today's market has SUVs at around $21,000, but of course you can pay triple that easily. If you're looking for a tow vehicle behind a drivable RV, a small compact might be perfect for smaller weight and what you need to just get around once you get to your site. RVs can cost quite a bit in maintenance costs. A tune-up can run you $150 to $300 a year. A diesel engine can cost quite a bit more than a gas engine. And a drivable more than a towable. But there are some costs that they all share. Generators can cost around $150 a year in maintenance for replacing the oil, air, and fuel filters, as well as oil changes. But replacing one, if you don't keep it up, will cost you between $1,500 and $15,000. Like most things we own, maintenance will cost a lot less than having to get a new one. The batteries in these rigs can cost between $150 and $300 to clean the posts, test the power, and apply an anti-corrosive coating. But each battery can cost $150 to $400, and most coaches have about six batteries. Tires, like your vehicle, need to be kept properly inflated. Replacing your rig's tires can run you about $125 to $400 each, The slide-outs, the walls that move out, require lubricant and rubber seals replaced. This will cost you about $200, but not keeping them up can cost you thousands of dollars. You'll also need to consider the amount you'll pay for the site that you're staying at. This might equal about $2,500 a year, depending on where you stay. Besides those costs, you'll need to consider if you're planning to do this full-time or just for vacation trips. If you do go full-time, you'll need to decide where your mail will go. 
There are companies that will collect your mail and forward it as you request. And if you decide to sell your home, you'll need to sell your belongings or put them in storage. And those units can be hundreds of dollars a month. To carry all your belongings, you'll need to adopt a minimalistic lifestyle. Consider what things you'll take with you and if your rig will be able to carry it all. Small tanks for water, waste, and fuel means the need to dump sooner and fuel up more often. And the possible accessories for these rigs are endless. Selling an RV has some costs as well. The RV does depreciate in value, so you'll sell at a loss and you'll have to pay the cost to place an ad to sell your RV. But owning an RV is an amazing way to travel. When you're on your vacation, you're still always home. You'll have your food, clothes, and entertainment. You can move to warmer climates called snowbirding once it's cold and enjoy the country, or a big part of it, at your own pace. You could consider renting out your unit when you're not using it as well and reap the rewards of a terrific community of people. These are truly wonderful ways to move about and see this country, but carefully weigh the costs and research the type of vehicle that you're considering. The cost is high, but the joy that they can bring is priceless. This is Kathy Pfefferhahn. Thanks for listening to Finances and RV Living. I know you chose to listen and I'm grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider. And please share your favorite episodes with a friend. I'd love you to leave a review because it brings financial education to others and helps people find me more easily. It really doesn't take long and it means a lot. Also, let me know what questions you'd like answered or any topics you'd like covered by going to the website at financesand.net and leaving a message. You can also contact Capital Coaching for your personal financial needs at capitalcoaching.net. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school.